think we've gotten kind of a backwards look at what leadership is. One of the most admired and beloved figures in professional sports, Tony Dungy's name is synonymous with character, integrity, and leadership. We tend to think the leader is the person with the most dynamic personality, it's the person who's out front, it's the person who's pushing, who is demanding of everyone, who has all the information, all the knowledge, they're the boss, and because they're the boss, they're the leader. And, and really, I, I don't think that's the best way to do it. A former professional football player, Tony Dungy coached the Indianapolis Colts for seven years, becoming the first African-American head coach to win the Super Bowl. He's written two New York Times best-selling books, Quiet Strength and Uncommon, and is an Emmy Award-nominated analyst for NBC's Football Night in America. Now, Tony Dungy has written his third and most anticipated book, The Mentor Leader, Secrets to Building People and Teams That Win Consistently. Well, when I was coaching in the NFL, I always looked for guys who were going to be good teammates, guys who were going to be dependable, guys who it was important to do the right thing. Talent is certainly a, a part of what, what you bring to the table, but talent is only a, a small part of it. In The Mentor Leader, Tony shares his unique leadership philosophy and reveals what propelled him to the top of his profession. He shows how anyone can apply the same approach to virtually any area of their life. You don't have to be put into the position of a leader. You don't have to be elected. You don't have to be promoted. That can be 13-year-old helping a 9-year-old. That can be the boss uh, helping an employee. That can be fellow assistant coaches helping each other. It can be any number of ways and it doesn't have to be pigeonholed into this person is the leader this person is the follower join us as we talk with tony dungy and learn the seven keys of mentoring leadership and why they're so effective tony will also tell us why mentor leadership brings out the best in people how a mentor leader recovers from mistakes and handles team discipline and the secret to getting people to follow you and do their best for you you know it's easier than people would think and it can be done in any capacity. Coming up, the Mentor Leader Radio Special, presented by Tyndale House Publishers, featuring Wayne Shepherd and our special guest, Tony Dungy. Hi, everybody. We're in Tampa, Florida, where Tony Dungy makes his home. And Coach, thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you, Wayne. I'm excited about this. As we have this conversation, you've just been nominated for your first Emmy in television as a rookie analyst for NBC. It is hard to believe. I'll tell you, I can think back to our first rehearsal uh, last year, not knowing anything, not knowing where the cameras were, what we're supposed to do, anything, feeling totally inept and just like a rookie, uh, but having some great teammates, uh, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann, Bob Costas, those guys who really knew what they were doing, and uh, our director, Sam Flood, you know, just really, hey, stop, slow down, this was good, here's what we can build <laughs> on, here's uh, you know, what we've got to do in this situation. And uh, having those guys work with you uh, and, and help become a team. It, it was really special and uh, Emmy nomination that was just really hard to believe. This new book, this excellent new book, and I just finished reading it, by the way, and it, it deeply impacted me, but it, it comes to you after a lifetime of spending uh, life so far in athletics. But when did you first realize that athletics had the potential to teach lessons off the field as well? For me, it probably came in, in college as I was really looking to figure out what I was going to do, investigating other classes that I was taking, uh, taking summer jobs, 
and realizing that a lot of lessons I learned on the football field, on the basketball court, really applied to, to life, to life in the business world, to life on campus, and being a good teammate, uh, having goals that were individual goals, but putting those underneath the, the benefit, the, the good of the team, uh, that's what you have to do in life. And uh, I know I refer to my parents a lot uh, when I'm talking to people. I refer a ton to coaches that I've had because they, they taught me those life lessons all the way through. I want to get to some of those stories, Tony, but uh, what is a mentor leader and who are you aiming this message at? I'm really aiming this message at all of us, at society. I think we've gotten kind of a backwards look at what leadership is. Um, we, we tend to think the leader is the person with the most dynamic personality. It's the person who's out front. It's the person who's pushing, who is demanding of everyone, uh, who has all the information, all the knowledge. They're the boss. And because they're the boss, they're the leader. And, and really, I, I don't think it, that's the best way to do it. I, I think the mentor leader is the person who is really trying to help his troops to, to help people get to their goals. Uh, if you just look at it, that uh, people that I run across, if I can add some value to their life, if I can help them do things a little bit better, uh, I want to do that. And so that can be a 13-year-old helping a 9-year-old. That can be the boss uh, helping an employee. That can be fellow assistant coaches helping each other. It can be any number of ways, and it doesn't have to be pigeonholed into this person is the leader, this person is the follower. You and Lauren have how many children? We have seven children, and uh, they range from 25 years old to, to seven months. Boy, that, that's, that's got to be a challenge, huh? <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite a spread, but uh, it, it is. It, different challenges. As they get in their teen years, as they get into adulthood, trying to find their, their direction, different questions, obviously, than seven, eight, nine-year-olds. But uh, the fact that you're there, and, and to me, that's where mentor leadership starts, really trying to lead your children and help them grow and to be the best people they can be. So you've been a player, you've been on a coaching staff, and you've been the head coach in the NFL. Uh, you've learned all along the way that you were a mentor leader in all those positions? You know, I, I had the opportunity to be. Uh, I was a player and played quarterback in, in college, and so as, as a quarterback, you're kind of naturally put in the leadership position. But uh, when I got to the Steelers, I, I developed my own leadership style, and you realize that um, I had the benefit of playing for Chuck Knoll, who really tried to foster that in all of us, that to be the leader in, in some capacity. Don't just look to him to have all the answers, but we had to be able to solve some problems ourselves. Uh, then on the assistant coaching staff, uh, realizing that you had a certain group of players that you were responsible for, and you wanted to help them be the best that they could be. Then becoming the head coach, uh, the whole team comes under your umbrella, not just the players, but many times the staff. They're all under your guidance, and, and it seems like a big responsibility. But uh, I learned early. you know, That started for me when I was still playing, that, hmm. that I didn't have to wait until I became the head coach to say, oh, okay, now I'm the leader. Hmm. You tell the story in your book of coming to the Steelers as this young what? 20-something, 20 25 years 20, old maybe? 20, well, I was 21 when I came as a player and then 25 when I went on the coaching staff. And you went to him and said, what's my job? Yes. Um, you know, we've got tremendous players. We're kind of in the midst of a four-Super Bowl run, and uh, I'm very young, younger mm -hmm. than most of the players I'm, I'm coaching. And I said, Coach, you hired me. What is it that you want me to do? What is my job description? And he told me something very simple that had a, a big impact on me. He said, your job as a coach is to help our players play better. Uh, and if you can get them to play up to their potential, you're doing your job. Mm -hmm. uh, very simple, very simple. And for 
each individual guy, that could be a little bit different. I realize how important that statement was to you, just make those players better. But did you realize it at the time? I mean, this whole book is about making people's lives better. I probably didn't realize it at the time, and it, it, it grew. Uh, and it coincided with something that my dad told me when I, I went into coaching. My dad was a college professor and taught school his whole life. And he told me that you know the teacher's job was to help every student earn an A. And the teacher's job wasn't to make the test hard. It wasn't to fool you. It was to get information to you so you could earn an A. And he was saying the same thing that Coach Noel was saying in a different way. And I, I kind of learned that that was really what life was all about and leading, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in teaching, whether it's leading a business, is you've got people that are following you, and you're trying to help them be their best. I like what you say in your book about turning the organizational chart upside down. It, it's usually this perfect pyramid with the point at the top. You'd like to see it inverted. It, it really is. When you look at most organizational charts, the CEO is on top, the president, the, the leader, uh, and everybody who reports to him. And it, and it shows a lot of people reporting, and it kind of makes you feel like everything depends on that guy at the top. And I don't think that's the way it should be. Uh, it should be, you know, the, the important people are the people that you're leading that uh, mentor leader really at the bottom kind of lifting, helping, elevating the rest of the group and realizing that the important people are uh, the people who are getting the information, mm -hmm. who are doing the work, who are really should be at the top. Tony, I'm not going to make this uh, an, an episode of This Is Your Life, but I do want to take you back to junior high school uh, and the story of Mr. Rockmore, uh, a junior high assistant principal. Now, you were obviously very young, and he didn't know what – how you were going to turn out as a person and what you would do in life, but he invested himself in you, didn't he? Yes. Leroy Rockmore was our uh, middle school assistant principal, had a tremendous impact on my life. I came up you know, through elementary school, and really the only time you saw the principal is if you got sent to his <laughs> office and did something bad. So I Which think I hope you, didn't happen to you. Not, not a whole lot, but you associate that principal, assistant principal with discipline, and, and they're, they're kind of the leader, but they're in a, in a tower. Well, uh, I got to middle school, and you know, we knew Mr. Rockmore was the assistant principal, but all of a sudden he's sitting with us in, in the lunchroom. And, you know, we've got kind of big eyes and why is he here? Who is he looking for? What information? Did somebody do something wrong? And this happened day after day. And we found out that he was just there getting to know us and talking about basketball and football games, who we're playing next week and how we're going to beat them and uh, what was going on in people's lives. How's your brother doing? Things that I just didn't expect. Well, over the course of three years in middle school, he became a friend uh, as, as well as the, the principal. And, mm -hmm. you know, he laid out the discipline when but it was necessary, but we looked up to him. And he's taken us to high school games and, and just different things and, and being around. Uh, well, fast forward to my senior year in high school, and I had a disagreement with the coach, and I, I quit the team. And Mr. Rockmore called me and said, I, I want you to come over to my house. Why are you quitting? You love football. It's been important to you. You're passionate about it. I said, hey, I, I disagree with the coach on this one issue. Uh, you can't let one disagreement stop you from doing things you really love, you really enjoy. Think about it. And I did, and I went, went back to the team. But uh, it all started from him sitting down at the lunch table seven years earlier and just being a friend. Think of how different your life could have been if you had walked away from that high school team. I thought about that as I was uh, walking up on the platform to get the Super Bowl trophy after we beat the Bears. You know, you think about who had an impact. And, yeah, Coach Noel and, and uh, Coach Stahl, my college coach, and Terry Bradshaw and all these guys that helped me and Denny Green. But then I thought, hey, you know, if Leroy Rockmore hadn't 
come to me that summer night and said, let's, let's talk. If he hadn't sat down at that lunch table when I was in the seventh grade, I'd been doing something totally different. Well, Coach, this is a great challenge to all of us listening today. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about specifically what do we do as mentor leaders. And I want to talk about Jesus as your example and our example of a mentor leader. You're listening to the Mentor Leader Radio Special with Wayne Shepherd and Tony Dungy. Based on the new book by Tony Dungy called The Mentor Leader, Secrets to Building People and Teams That Win Consistently. If you'd like more information on Tony Dungy and his new book, The Mentor Leader, visit TheMentorLeader.com. There you can sign up for updates on Tony, read what people are saying about him and his strong faith in God, sign up for Tony's podcast, talk to Tony Dungy on his blog, and enter to win a free signed copy of his new book and more. It's all at TheMentorLeader.com. If our motivation is really to help people, that's when we're going to be successful. That's when we're going to do something long-lasting. And that motivation really doesn't come within us. It's, it's not human nature to help the other person before we help ourselves. That's got to come from Christ. And pointing people to the Lord, that's the ultimate message in the book. More with Tony Dungy after this break. 